Giuseppe, I got something special for you. Ready? Uno, due, tre, quattro. When I was a boy. Antonio's um, is your box-to-box midfield player with a, 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 a certain quality of understanding where the space is and finding space and knowing knowing the position of linking, but also getting up into the into the final third area. I think that. Uh, uh, playing at the top level in Italy brings a, a great deal of experience with the talent that he's got and of course um, Marco is it's about getting him on the field and, and talking about nothing else other than scoring goals Buongiorno and welcome to episode 18 of the Nisa Malabar West Hammer podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> joining me in the studio today, uh, off the, on IMDB, you are Sharon Osbo on season two chat show, executive producer. Season one, one mate. Four. Season one. Season the one. Big one. <laughs> James big one. Longman's here. Hello. Ciao. And also, ciao bella. Ciao bella. Gino Ginelli. <laughs> uh, Gianluca Viali, Luciano Paravorotti, uh, also ciao bella to Neil <laughs> on West Ham, Frank, tw- Twitter legend. Here he is, welcome to your debut, Neil bon- on West Ham. Buongiorno. How you doing? Good. Is, uh, you got the Italian vibe in here, did you have a pizza for lunch today? <laughs> I didn't, sorry, no, I'll have one on the way home. Some pasta as well? Yeah. For dinner? You're like the uh, Dormio puppet <laughs> on this morning. <laughs> Not in the advert, they're always, yeah. there's always the stereotypical Italian oh, puppets. Yeah. A slightly yeah. racist puppet. <laughs> well, we've got a jam-packed show for you again today, and there's going to be an Italian theme to it, because we've got two Italian internationals of some who've actually made some signings. Wow. Imagine it. Can signings you believe we're in, this, we're in this crazy situation? Um, we're going to be talking about last week, Newcastle. Oh, my God. I almost forgot about what a, what a shite game that yeah, was. It feels like it's been a good weekend. Yeah. Because we didn't play. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Cardiff, we still uh, had a win in the month, which yep. is nice. Uh, relegation. This seems to be a constant theme. Uh, but then, better news. Transfers. Notorino and Borrelli. Borrello. Borrello. Uh, we'll talk about those new transfers. Talk about names on the back of shirts. This was something we were talking about on Twitter. There's been some horrific names on the back of fan shirts, um, and we're going to talk through some of those. Other West Ham news. We've got some got some big news from the shop, which yes, we'll be dropping some later excellent on. News. Big news. Uh, <laughs> predictions as well. But special guest headline acts. We've got Bristol Hammer, yep. who's a big face on the forum. Johnny's on the phone. Come mod. And also big friend of the show. One of my favourite players, one of my favourite guests, Tony Cotty for a hat-trick appearance. CC. He's joining us later on to talk about maybe a bit of him and Frank McAvenny. We'll talk because we had Frank McAvenny on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about uh, how, he see thing, how he sees things. He's obviously a big fan. Uh, so, yeah, Tony Cotty, look forward to that. Right, it's feedback o'clock. Let's deal with some of this stuff we have here. So Witters last week. So Romford retold the uh, told a story about maybe rescuing Witters uh, in, Switzerland in Switzerland at an away game from the police. Witters says. In response, I feel I should also clear my name regarding Romford's story. Although I was at both the Young Boys game and the Basel games, there was clearly an imposter. When I saw the right police lined up after the Basel game for no good reason that I could tell, I zipped up my jacket and walked past them to my car, speaking Swiss French and trying not to get caught out like Gordon Jackson in The Great Escape. So although technically I don't owe Romford a pint, I'll be happy to buy him one sometime anyway. So essentially, Witters bottled it. There was a, there was a bit of trouble. <laughs> Witters didn't run up. High tail. 
I'm surprised Romford keeps you company when you if you're gonna you're gonna leg it like that. Borderline grass in my book. Uh, Korea Hammer. I will be listening to the next episode in Silet, Bangladesh. So could I request a major salam walakum? Shout out to the land of the Ruby Murray. That's for you, Korea Hammer. So that's exciting. In Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Wow. We need a map in the studio with flags on it that denoting only we where can people see. have been. <laughs> Where's the most glamorous place you've listened to the podcast, Neil? Um, uh, London. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that one ticks off. That's good to hear. Uh, we've got Jay Lodger, Jay Lodgson in Iowa. Is that right? Yep, Iowa. He that's... described uh, Iowa as cold and miserable. I think. Yeah. Uh, and so is London. Yeah. <laughs> Brothers in arms. Brothers in arms. Uh, w H I D to deserve this West Ham. What did he's I in do? Dubai? In Dubai. Yeah, I was on the forum. Yeah, Dubai. big shout out to you, Dubai. Off the list. Also off the list, Gibraltar, Trevor Cleaver. Great work on the last two podcasts. Always enjoyed here at the foot of Europe. There's a West Ham pub in Gibraltar. It doesn't surprise me. There's West Ham pubs everywhere, aren't there? Is there? Yeah. Where did I go? In Port Villamora, there's West Ham pub. Is it? Yeah. Can someone send a picture of this West Ham pub in Gibraltar? If you've ever been there, if, you, if you've got any knowledge of this West Ham pub in Gibraltar. Actually, a West Ham pub as far, of, as far afield as you can. Yeah, what we need some pictures of these West Ham pubs if they're in really exotic locations. Um, Bradley Dickinson, do you remember before the season started? You said on the podcast it seems like a good time to be a West Ham fan. <laughs> it's true. Remember no, the start of the season? That, that was Neil? a good time. <laughs> <laughs> now isn't a good time, but that you were you were factually correct at that point in time. <laughs> do you remember it, Neil? We were like we were this, when the season started. What were your thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, we beat Cardiff. We got a draw against Newcastle. Yeah. A draw against Swansea. We were yeah. we were unstoppable. Flying it seemed like it could, yeah, it, it couldn't come to an end. But um, mm, now what? It, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it came crashing. The optimism came crashing down. <laughs> Wait, every when we did those predictions, everyone said top half, didn't they? No, I didn't. Didn't you? What did you <laughs> no, say? I Relegation think I said bro. about fourteenth. Really? Yeah. I would take that. I, I think that's where we'll end shittest. up. Four I, d- shittest. I didn't look back at my prediction because I'm pretty sure it said we should be pushing for Europa League football. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. But well, we nearly we, had the League Cup. Yeah, we but we never right. learn, do we, as fans? We always think, yes, one good season. Oh, we we haven't learned from the history <laughs> that it's never two good seasons. <laughs> We've never learned. It's so true. We're so inconsistent. Uh, Joe McGuinness got in touch to say, listen to the latest podcast, is Romford a real person or a character? He's, uh, it's Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> playing we, Romford we spent ages workshopping this character <laughs> of Romford and then we had we casting of thousands and then we said like this guy looks like this character we invented yeah he is 100% real uh, no he yeah, he's 100% real it's funny how many people say that though yeah a lot of people say is he actually real uh, Fishto thank fuck you lot don't give out fashion tips yeah I thought that was a little bit hurtful well <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing pink today so pink makes a boys wink <laughs> <laughs> Very secure in my sexuality, fish though. I'm sure you can uh, let us know your thoughts on the latest picture on the KB website when you see it. Uh, did he also say this? I am looking forward to Romford's workout DVD and not forgetting his new book, How to Look Good in a Dress. <laughs> is he like, is I he one of those or someone else? Uh, Rom- well, I mean, Romford, he's, he's, he's known to have a tear up. So whoever said on that. On his caper. On, um, watch, watch your back. Uh, Okay, let's have a treat for you now. Let's go straight into our headliner. 
So joining us on the Knees Up by the Brown West Ham podcast for his third hat-trick appearance, <laughs> club legend Tony Cotty. Welcome to back to the show, Tony. Hello, chaps. It's a long while since I got a hat-trick, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you on, Tony. Good to have you on. Um, so there's a, a lot happening at West Ham, most notably these incoming signings. We've got Borelio Bre- and Nocerino. What are your What are your thoughts on these two? Uh, I've got to be honest, chaps, I've not heard of either of them, um, but having said that, my um, my knowledge of European football isn't perhaps what it should be. Um, I'm so busy with my my job in terms of looking out for English football, I don't really get a chance to follow what's going on. Um, you know, listen, it's two, two signings for the squad, it's certainly what was needed, um, you know, we've been sort of light on bodies, um, a midfielder and a forward, so, um, you know, that obviously will bolster the squad. Uh, but again, I've got to be honest with you. I'd much rather have seen Ross McCormack arrive at the club, to be honest with you, because I think uh, he, you know what you're getting with Ross, and I know what a good player he is because I've seen lots and lots of him. So I could have talked to you all night about Ross McCormack, but sadly, I can't talk to you about the two Italians. No. <laughs> well, I mean, that was exactly going to be my next question. I think you, I read an article you wrote today saying that maybe Ross McCormack was the better, the better signing. Do you think it would have been better to sign someone with that English experience? Well, I think we still might do. I, I, I think mm. there's a little bit of talk of Maegas uh, moving on. Um, you know, he's had a poor time at West Ham. You know, he certainly hasn't hit any sort of form this year. So if we can shift him out, then there's room for a, another forward to come in. Um, the only question mark would be where, where you actually play Ross. I mean, he, he scored lots of goals this year, but I think he's he's a sort of a, a number 10 player. And, you know, he probably would look to play in the position Kevin Nolan's in at the moment. And we all know what mm. the manager thinks of Kevin Nolan, especially now Andy Carroll's fit. So, um, you know, whether he would be a first choice in the team, whether he would play alongside Andy Carroll, Kevin Nolan sticking in the team, I don't know. But I would like to see him uh, given a chance. I, I watched him play four or five years ago. I recommended him to the club, West Ham, that is, and they obviously ignored me. So, <laughs> well, what do I know about football? <laughs> <laughs> Could have saved him a few million, I bet, if they listened to you back then. Yeah, he was playing for Cardiff at the time, and, uh, you know, just it was just one of those youngsters. He was early 20s, I think, one of those kids where you look at him and he had a touch of the Wayne Rooney's about him. I'm not saying, you know, you can compare them now because obviously Wayne's gone on to fantastic things over the last five years. But, you know, t- certainly in terms of him as a kid, you know, Wayne was a very stocky, um, strong lad, as, even as a 16-year-old, and saw similarities in Ross McCormack. And I just thought he looked a really talented player. So, you know, I mean, I'd love to see him at Hampton Park, but we'll have to wait and see if they can get someone out. And obviously, as we all know, the time's ticking on now. We're only, what, three days away from the window closing. Mm. Uh, TC, what do you, what's it like um, being part of a squad with new players coming? Is it quite exciting, especially in a, in a struggling team? Well, I think I think the two new players will, will pick everyone up. I'm sure the arrival of Roger Johnson would have picked them up because any player that comes into the squad, you always get a bit of a buzz, and I think you always it always puts certainly puts pressure on the players that are, are actually in the team. Of course. The situation with Roger was we didn't have any players in the team. That was why he went straight into our team because yeah. all our defenders were injured. But you know what I mean? I, I think as a player, you, you always welcome an addition. I think it's nice to freshen up. I mean, obviously, football's changed uh, dramatically since I retired. You know, what we're talking about 12 years ago now, and the you know the actual window wasn't even in place when I retired, the January window, that is. So yeah, I know it's changed a lot now, but um, yeah, I think it's always good from the a player's point of view to get new signings come into the club um, because it, it just gives everyone a bit of a buzz in training and you know bearing in mind they you know the two Italian boys are one's a midfield and one's a forward as I said you know that you like to think they'll, be, they'll have a few skills on display and they'll, they'll certainly be trying their best to get into the team which obviously will put pre- pressure on the ones that are actually playing at the moment. 
Mm. Uh, Tissy, I wanted to ask about th- that time in 1995. I think you and Harry Redknapp signed that, all those players from all over the world. I think they called them like, the League of Nations at the time. Yeah. I mean, it, is, it, is there a danger of like a clique developing, or are these two going to be considered outsiders? I mean, what was it like in 95 when all those uh, those foreigners came in? Well, uh, I think we was quite lucky because a lot of the players that we signed, there was a couple of exceptions, but a lot of the players we signed were great lads. Sarvan Village was a fantastic lad with, mm. with almost like a British mentality. Same with Mark Reaper. Uh, and then you look at the likes of Marco Bugas, who just, well, they can speak perfect English, he couldn't settle at the, at the club. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, Harry took a few chances, Dimitrescu, Radichoy, Dani, there was there was loads of them arriving, and all of which wasn't good for me because he forced me out of the team and pushed, yeah. pushed me sort of, you know, into fifth or sixth place. And, you know, the bottom line was none of them could sort of, um, you know, score goals like I could anyway, which is why I was so frustrated mm-hmm. when I had to leave for the second time. But yeah. I think you, you have to get the balance right. I think. If you look at the clubs this season that have bought in loads and loads of players, Crystal Palace is one, Sunderland is another, and I don't really need to tell you where those two teams are in terms of the Premier League at the moment, because mm. if you're not careful, you can flood it with too many players and you lose your way. QPR, where I am tonight, is another club that done it last season and they got relegated. It was just too many players and too much change. So I think uh, if things are going well, you can bring in two, two players at the end of each season or even each window. You know, but when you bring in 10, 11, 12, or some clubs are done, that's always a bit of a recipe for disaster. Mm. Um, I'm bringing this up because you mentioned him just then. Marco Bugas. And we've heard so many stories about him, but what was he actually like <laughs> as a person to like, play play with? I actually got on re- really well with Bugas. <laughs> when he when he first arrived at the club, you know, he was enthusiastic in training. Um, I think he, he, he just found it a bit of a culture shock playing in, in the English League. I think he'd come from the Dutch League, I think, right, mm. saying that. But, you know, it was a bit of a culture shock and he struggled to sort of adapt to the pace. And then uh, I'll never forget him trying to side Gary Neville in two up at Old Trafford <laughs> yeah, and obviously got sent off, um, <laughs> which didn't help his cause. He, he obviously <laughs> lost his place in the team and, mm. and then he sort of went missing a little bit. But <laughs> I think, um, you know, we're going back nearly 20 years now and I think it's yeah. changed an awful lot because... You know, there was no liaison officer. I mean, I, I think it would pretty much West Ham were no different to anyone else. You basically signed a player, dumped him in, swallow up, walk him out, and let him get on with it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I wish it, I wish I was joking, but he's actually true. And I think most clubs did the same. But of yeah. course, now you've got the liaison officers. They, mm. they, you know, they bend over backwards to to make sure they, you know, they've got everything they want. They look after them. They they get them to learn the language. So, you know, foreign players can sell in an awful lot quicker now than what they could twenty years ago. And I think. You you know, that's a great credit to everyone in football that's helped to make that happen. Um, but going back to, to Bugas, he, he certainly was one of the uh, more interesting, colourful characters I played alongside. Uh, yeah, I bet. Um, well, I, I mean, from a, putting your striker's hat on now, Andy Carroll's back in the team and he's come back from a, from an injury. Um, I mean, from your perspective, have you ever come back from an injury and what's it what's it going to be like for Andy trying to get back on the team and shake off that rust? Well, I mean, I was quite lucky. The, the, the worst injury I had was a, a cartilage off on my knee, uh, which kept me out for, uh, for, I think it was three months the first time, and then I went again, and I was out for six weeks after that because they'd done it properly. Um, it, it's frustrating because you, you obviously you lose your place in the team because you're injured. You're then watching all what's going on. And then when you actually come back from injury, you've always got that nagging feeling in your mind, you know, is the knee ever going to be the same? And the answer was, for me, it was never the same. But you have to... Sort of block it out of your mind and get on with it and I think you know that's not too dissimilar to what Andy would, would be feeling I mean I, I've 
said many times, everyone's frustrated about the Andy Carroll situation, but none more so than Andy Carroll. He wants to play football, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you're not a footballer and enjoy sitting on the, on the sides watching other, others play. You want to play. Um, but, you know, he's got to make sure he eases his way back into to full fitness. I know the club's managing that well and they're keeping a close eye on him. And I know he started against Man City last week, but obviously he only played 45 minutes, which was right. So I think he's played... 25, 35, and now 45 minutes, and mm. um, he'll probably start, I'm guessing, against Swansea, and then, you know, if he comes off after 60 minutes, I think everyone will be pleased, because yeah. they've got to make sure, the most important thing is that they don't push him too much, you know, flog him for 90 minutes, for example, he's not ready, and then you then will pull a hamstring or pull a calf, you get more complications, and you'll end up, it'll almost be out for the rest of the season, so... Mm. I've got to manage him carefully and I'm pleased to say they're doing that at the moment. Awesome. Uh, last question, TC. Um, obviously, February is a massive month for us, but looking ahead to the whole season, I've got to ask you, are we going to stay up? Well, I believe we will. Um, and, you know, people laugh when I say that. I'm pleased to say you boys didn't do that tonight. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the reason being is that, you know, I still stick by the fact that I think that we've got a squad that compares favourably against the other teams around us. If you look at the league table now, it's very much divided. There's, I think there's sort of seven teams, uh, seven or eight teams going for the, obviously, the European places. You've got Southampton are in sort of the middle of nowhere, really, and they've had a great mm. season. But then you've got 11, 11 other clubs that are, are going to fight all the, all the way to the death for really, you know, to avoid relegation. And when I look at those other 10 teams, us, and then include us, I, I believe we've got a squad that can compare with those uh, other teams and also, you know, compete. But, you know, the bottom line for us is we need our best players on the pitch. You know, it's mm-hmm. right saying that you've got a, a decent enough squad, but, you know, you win the games by having your best players out. We need Andy Carroll. We need all the other boys, particularly need Winston Reid back in the team. We all know mm-hmm, that. Definitely. And I think if we get those guys fit and rearing and playing well, I mean, I'll... I'll go into the game tomorrow night against Chelsea and I'm fearing the worst as I think all have it but you know I think we're just sort of you know if we get a draw happy days but you know you're expecting almost to, to lose the game and you know let's get Mourinho and lost a game as a prim- in the Premier League as a Chelsea manager home game so you know, that's the size of the task so I don't think we're anything against Chelsea but I, I think you know if we can get points against the, the teams in February three out of four games at home we need to get probably eight or nine points and I think if we do that we'll have a great chance to stand up yeah awesome cheers TC always, always a pleasure talking to talk cheers chap speak to you soon thanks bye so now. much cheers bye that was Tony Cotty he seems very positive Neil or do you share his positivity I, I don't I share his comment <laughs> <laughs> um, should have told him yeah yeah no um, I share his view on the McCormack thing versus the Italian guys really? I think um I mean, not so much McCormack specifically, but what worries me with the Italian players, and I'm the same as Tony Cassi. Mm. I've not, I've not really seen them play. I mean, apparently I've seen them in Euro 2012 um, because they, one of the guys who scored a penalty against England. I don't remember it. But what worries me about them is whether they're going to hit the ground running. Even if they are capable players, mm. it's not an easy league to to integrate into. And we really February such a big month for us where we've got four winnable games before we start playing the likes of Man United, Man City, mm. Tottenham, Arsenal. We really need them to make an impact in February. I'm a bit worried that um, they they'll take a little bit wrong. of time to to, mm. to to settle. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but but for that reason, I'm I'm a bit sceptical about mm. about survival. Well, that's the kind of sensible opinion that has made you so popular on Twitter. <laughs> uh, James, what do you think? You're 
you're more emotional and uh... <laughs> no that's what I love that's why Neil's brilliant on Twitter it, yeah. is that he's kind of got a considered view <laughs> Uh, rather than because like, everyone's really uh, reactive on yeah, media like, like the fucking idiots who said Andy Carroll has played 90 minutes in the League Cup fucking semi-final when we're 9-0 down you know who you are idiots <laughs> yeah, absolute mongs you know there's people who don't really think it through and it's a really kind of a, a, a they shoot straight away from the hip like ah Sam yeah, out yeah. Carroll should play all the match and this should happen that should happen yeah. uh, Neil's got quite a considered well thought through <laughs> Uh, viewpoints yeah. that's why it's quite I always look to his tweets actually because sometimes it's rational yeah <laughs> and, and, it's, the, and it's the yeah. only way I can kind of otherwise I just I'm in despair so I need, <laughs> yeah. I need some rationale it's, it's nice of you to say that because sometimes I do think I should actually just be a bit sensationalist actually that's the way to get people to my blog <laughs> is to actually just you know be really offensive about Allardyce <laughs> and, you know. but what makes me laugh is, is, is even Dan who we have call in the most miserable person I know about West Ham and life um, he's <laughs> <laughs> like he, he tweets the official West Ham website <laughs> he when they're, he they're promoting them. something he'll troll and like, what you, why yeah. are you wasting your time doing that you weirdo yeah <laughs> <laughs> the only time he didn't troll, he, troll was when he heard the, the onesie news <laughs> well, don't blow the gold yeah, okay, the onesies okay. the, we're gonna, the big finish for the show <laughs> now we're fucked I don't know what we're going to talk about at the end now um, but just back to you Neil like your, your Twitter like uh, image profile is, is a picture like a generic kind of picture and I, I imagined you being because you're quite sensible on Twitter I thought you'd be a lot older than you are. Right. Um, but you're not. You're quite, you're, you're quite there's no response. Young. And you've got, yeah. there's nothing you can do with that. Well, it, well, just, I, I don't know, by saying that, you, you're saying that I sound like I'm older and... Just very wise. It's just very wise. wise. You're yeah. like the Gandalf. You're the Dalai Lama of West Ham <laughs> fans on Twitter. Dalai Lama. I'll, I'll put that in my bio on Twitter when I go. <laughs> in the Dalai Lama of, of West Ham. That is quite nice. I mean, um, I yeah. I'm, Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got Gandalf. I got washed away. <laughs> the, the, the avatar is quite deliberate. I'm quite keen to remain anonymous. anonymous yeah, I don't, I don't like the idea of uh, people... Spotting you in the street, getting yeah. spotted out. Well, because a lot of people do respond to me quite negatively, so I don't like the idea of somebody, <laughs> somebody spotting me at the Someone organising a hit. Yeah. yeah, that is true, actually, because what? you are... I guess you are quite considered. You get a lot of... Uh, F off. People don't like that. People yeah. don't like considered. Yeah. It's nice no, that you guys do, but, um, yeah. but a lot of people don't. I need oh. it, otherwise I'd be constantly suicidal. You can't... I mean, you can't listen to half the pricks who are saying, we want Carol on for 90 minutes in the League Cup. That we know who those people are. Yeah, I just thought I mean, down. ridiculous, and yeah. they're people who, 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 sh- who should know better. Good view. <laughs> Anyway, where uh, were we? Right, Newcastle. Italians. Newcastle, no, we've done that. Let's right. talk about Newcastle going quickly, Neil. Okay. What, an, what an absolute shower of shit. Go. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, it's funny that you're saying that I am considered because <laughs> after that game, I did write a blog where I did have a bit of a rant that was bordering yeah. on, you know, your, your average mm. uh, West Ham sporting Twitter guy. Because um, I found that game really hard to stomach and a mm. bit like the West Brom game. You know, a lot of people got upset after the 5 the 0 defeat to Forest and the 6-0 defeat to Man City. <laughs> yeah. I was quite philosophical after that. I kind of, I didn't enjoy it, but I knew that everybody was getting emotional because it was on the telly and you've got to go to work the next day and your mate makes fun of you because yeah. your team's just been smashed. But it's the league games that matter and I, I, I was a lot more upset after the Newcastle game because that first half, mm. we looked like a Shocking. team that should be relegated. It's one of those yeah. games where you go home and you're like, well, if we do get relegated, we probably deserve to be yeah, because yeah, we yeah. are really, at best, average. Yeah. Um, we were lucky to go in 2-1 James half time weren't we oh yeah I mean <laughs> I don't really know where to start it was so bad <laughs> that goal as well the Carlton well, it wasn't even Carlton's no, was it uh, bless him he's in the right place at the right time and that's kind of what you want and that's a little bit of luck that we've been missing but that luck mm. didn't 
you know, go any further yeah. in the second half, really. I mean, they could have been four or five up. Yeah, yeah. And it was dreadful. Fucking I mean, man. our defence was dreadful. And it's it's typical of us this season. There was that chance uh, where Taylor had a header. Matt Taylor was up, had a header. Um, that he probably should have got on target and could have gone goalwards and could have got a goal. And they literally went up the other end, run past yeah. Matt Taylor yeah. on the way back. He lost the ball and he ran back past, back past Matt Taylor yeah. and they scored. And it's like, ah, oh, here we go again. Literally yeah. every time they went forward, I thought, they're going to score. It's the absence of Winston Reid, isn't it? But um, the, the, well, cha- the chances the Carton Cole and Andy, Andy Carroll missed, Neil, I mean, uh, how do they make you feel? Uh, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the Andy Carroll one. I guess he he he's rusty. So that yeah. that was that was a player who's bit, who hasn't played for, yeah. hasn't played a full game yeah. for a year, taking yeah. a shot. Um, Colton Cole. Is that right? He hasn't played a game in a year. No, so I'm exaggerating. Oh, right. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm rounding up by about right. six months. But, um, um, but Colton Cole, I have to say, that was a Colton Cole shot. I know he does sometimes yeah. score, and his ratio since he's been back hasn't been bad. But that was such an easy chance. He's a yeah. centre forward. You're not going to get many chances in a game, especially if you're in the situation us. West Ham. <laughs> yeah. If you're especially West Ham, us. that was yeah. a, that was just really, really poor. And I remember the guy sitting next to me as he as he as he missed it. The guy next to me said, "Oh, he was stretching for it. If he knew he couldn't make it, he should have left it." And I thought, "Oh, okay, maybe he was stretching for it." But you see it on match of the day, and it was it was just an easy chance. Yeah. It, it was just waiting to be scored. I never watch a match today if we lose, so I haven't seen that game since I was there. I put myself <laughs> through it, and we should. Really? Yeah, we should. I thought Andy Carroll should have scored, and I thought Carl Carroll should have scored. I know. And um, Roy Hodgson was watching, so that's Carl and Carl out of the World Cup. Yeah. Um, Fuck's sake. But it's like it's uh, we hark back to defence, and on the morning, yeah, uh, it's the same story of our defence. Somehow, even uh, we we're talking before the game that potentially we could go into pretty much the same team. As as when against Cardiff, we could go unchanged, almost unchanged for the first time this season. And George McCartney had whiplash. I was about to say that whiplash, and didn't he get it some really weird way? I don't even know. It was wasn't he at home? It was like like a golf buggy, or it was at home, or something really weird. It wasn't like a traditional car crash. You stand I mean, whiplash. whiplash. I know. It was. I was saying. I was saying West Ham at the moment. I say West Ham at the moment. West Ham at the moment is like Final Destination. <laughs> like one by one, we're getting uh, we're getting taken out by like fucking George yeah. McCartney whiplash. It is it? It's like that thing. Is it? <laughs> just when you think they're okay, they step into the road and a bus smacks <laughs> yeah. about way. Um, yeah. Hubcap flies off. Whiplash, and you just think uh, so. That means Matt Taylor, sake. who played well against Cardiff, went uh, right back. Uh, he's not right back and was at fault arguably uh, for both, both well goals, probably not yeah. arguably for both goals that one that floated over his head for the second one that was like slow motion that. but then at the same time yeah. I, th- I think a little bit like it's not your fault is it you're not a right back yeah I wonder yeah. if he's ever played right back even yeah. when he was a kid yeah <laughs> So it's the defence again let us down because they were dreadful and you can't build from there. And then in the second half when we were a bit more stable and Newcastle ran out of steam, the forwards let us down. So mm. somewhere in between. Yeah. All right. But uh, Collins, I thought he played well second half, I should say that. And also I thought Matt Taylor played well second half, so uh, I should say And that. Collins was playing with an injury as well here. Yeah. He, he wasn't fit enough to play, but he yeah. did anyway. Yeah. I think Matt Taylor gets 10 out of 10 for effort. I know that sounds a bit patronising, no, yeah. but in the uh, League Cup quarter-final at White Hart Lane, he was incredible. He was yeah. just, he was everywhere. He and he, games, you know, he really yeah. sort of drove that match. So he, he gives 100%, and, you know, he was, he was a... You know, genuinely good player. Sort of a couple of years ago when he first joined, we were in the championship. Yeah. Got a bad injury and he's never really recovered. But like you say, it's not his fault that he's playing in a position that he's just not suited to. It's yeah, one of yeah. those. It's one of those criticisms of Allardyce that I do share. Is that I'm not saying that putting kids in the team is the answer. 
But if you're going to have an academy, then presumably there's a couple of kids there who you can nurture and and put into the team. Whereas the guy um, Chambers, a right back, sitting on the bench. Yeah. I mean, surely at the end of last season when we were safe, that was an opportunity to start blooding some of those players and giving them a chance. If you're not even going to give them a chance when the squad is absolutely decimated, Mm. you're never going to play them. So I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if Allardyce what his view of the academy is but well, I, I, I kind of think you look at that game against Nottingham Forest when the kids played and they got mullered by a championship team so are they good enough I mean is that is this the question I think they're not they're well, not good enough it felt like lambs are slaughtered didn't it but just with that formation I don't know if it's that they're not mm. good enough it just felt that formation wasn't one set up to help them out yeah I, I thought it was cruel I just it, yeah. it was just cruel just putting all those players I understand why he did it because uh you know, if it, if just playing a weekend team mm. there gave us a slightly better chance in the next league game, yeah. which is kind did, of we won. which he did, we won. So, it kind of vindicated. But for those players, they must have been absolutely, yeah. absolutely mortified yeah. by that, and it takes a bit of recovering from because it was such an embarrassment, yeah. and it's there, it's there on, it's there on yeah. television as well. Yeah. Um, um, go on. I just want to talk about uh, briefly that the players are playing in their correct positions that are letting us down, um, and that is Diame. Uh, who allegedly doesn't want to be here he's he's asking for 70 grand a week I find it's all season he's been pretty poor and I remember it was Fulham wasn't it on New Year's Day where the fan he got subbed and the fans booed him off booed because he was being subbed and I was like from what I could see he was like running in treacle Mm. he didn't make any effort that match you know he scored at the top but he didn't make any effort after that and he was dreadful and I think all season whether he's been playing in position or out position and fair enough out position isn't always great but I just don't think he's putting in any effort and he's playing he's he's meant to be a driving force whenever he's there I think oh we'll be alright Delmi's playing and I just every match disappointed yeah and Morrison when he comes on you know he's strolling around like he owns the place and it's Between them, they're the ones that I feel really let me down. It's yeah. not the Collins, and it's not the Taylors. It's you know, and even the Roger Johnson, who we know isn't great. I thought he was all right against Newcastle. Like, like, he didn't make it's, it's the other terrible. players who should yeah. be better, who I feel really um, let the club down. Neil, where do you stand on Raphael Morrison? So the rumours are that he's you know he's a bad influence on the team, and he's kicking off again, and he's like he's trying to engineer a move. Where do you stand on him? Should we should we be patient with him, or should we just boot him the fuck out? Yeah, I guess I'll get my information from you guys because I don't really you know I uh, <laughs> we I just would, make I up lies and see how you react <laughs> yeah. to them. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. It, it, he, I think he's in his defence. I think he gets played out of position when mm. he's played in midfield. He seems to sit in front of the defence. He yeah. doesn't seem like the sort of player who should be sitting in front of the defence. Mm, he no. seems like he should be playing off the front man. Right. So um, I, I've got a bit of sympathy with him there, and also uh, in terms of him wanting a bit more money. I mean, if he is on is it fifteen thousand pounds a week yeah. around and around Peanuts. that kind of money, then he, he probably does deserve a bit more. He doesn't deserve yeah. to be on sixty, but I can understand why he want more money. But if he has got a really poor attitude and, and he yeah. is causing problems, then then we probably should let him go because he's yeah. not he's not having any positive influence on the team. I can't think of a game that he's played this season where he's been good from start to finish. Mm. You know, at best he would have good patches and then he goes hiding. Yeah. But honestly, if he were to leave, you know, would would we miss him? Well we wouldn't the only reason to keep him is because he's clearly got massive massive potential yeah, and yeah. you kind of got the impression that Allardyce was kind of harnessing that yeah, and yeah, was going to yeah. get the first day it him. seemed like it was yeah. so I guess if I was a fly on the wall and could actually see what his relationship with Allardyce was like then I'd be able to say definitively mm. but yeah if he has got that poor attitude then he's not you know he's not serving much of a purpose for us you talk about hiding he was literally hiding on that free kick if you what, if you look, there's someone tweeted a picture of the wall but when on the, at the end, yeah. and he was literally hiding 
It was behind, <laughs> it was kind of just behind Roger Johnson. It's like they put a child there. I know we joke about that. <laughs> yeah, he looks, <laughs> you know, he looks like, like a little bit of a child with his Santa's hat on at Christmas. But he was literally hiding. That wall didn't jump, and I'm like, oh, come on, another free kick on the edge area that they score, uh, and we don't learn. Go home, Roger. <laughs> but well, I'm not blaming him for it. It's Diarme that worries me more because with Diarme we have had the best part of a season from him, where yeah. he was. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He was fantastic. And I'm so surprised that he that, that it's transpired that he has got this really poor attitude because he just seemed like the kind of guy, yeah. a no-nonsense player who just enjoys his football, just wants yeah. to get out there mm. and win the game. So the fact that he clearly has got these attitude problems is a real surprise and is, is has really costed us this season yeah, because really we've is. got a lot of average players in our team, but he is one of the truly quality players who can win matches for us yeah. and he's he's chosen not to do that yeah um, I wanted to talk to you Neil about yeah, I remember a while ago you, you wrote a really good blog post and it was about kind of Allardyce and sticking with him I think mm. is that right I was trying to recall ex- the exact wording that of it that was me do you stand by that? Do you still buy Allardyce? Are you, do you think we're, like, the, the, he's clearly staying now do you think the right decision has been made? You're looking pensive now. Yeah, yeah, I am. How are you going to dig yourself out of this one? I, I mean, the, the, I, I wrote that kind of at the start start of the year, yeah. sort of New Year optimism, and the, it was shortly after the West Brom game that really, that was the game that for me was a wake-up call because we led twice in that game and still managed to throw it away. Mm. That is not what an Allardyce team does. So mm. that was the first moment where I thought, hang on, is, is Allardyce mm. losing it a bit here? But I, but I thought, well, it's just, just one game, half a season to go, players come back yeah. from injury... And a, a lot of that blog was about giving him credit for his first two years in charge because I don't think he gets that. I think mm. you know he he took over from an Avran Grant from Avran Grant, a team that had got something like one point out of the last yeah. twenty four. We'd lost our best player Scott Parker straight away. Mm. I think people kind of take it for granted that he got us up straight away, and people actually pick holes in it and say, "Oh well, mm. we only just about beat Blackpool. Blackpool could have won on the playoff final." Um, I think people really underestimate what he achieved and then he really overachieved last season because we finished mid-table with mm. again a very average side mm. so I've always felt quite defensive of him because I think we've been we've had a series of poor managers and here is a guy whose record speaks for itself mm. so that's where I was coming from three weeks on and especially after the Newcastle game I think there's something wrong and you know mm. I, I can't say whether he's lost the dressing room because I'm not in the dressing room mm. But something is clearly wrong. The fact that he yeah. that he can't get the best out of the players in a way that he used to be able to. Even his own man, no, uh, Nolan. Like, I mean, yeah, Nolan. I've got a tiny bit of sympathy for, which I know isn't the, the dumb thing to say that. But Nolan just can't play in that. We we played four six zero for most of this season. Mm. Nolan can't play in that formation mm. because his job is to be off the off the front man, mm. like the number ten role. Yeah. So if there's no striker there. Nolan is clueless as to mm. what to do. I mean, he Nolan wasn't good last season, but he could score and he could create a few chances. So he managed to do that. Wouldn't do much else in the rest of the game, but he could do that. But this season, with no striker to play off, he is lost. He's literally, you know, just just running round trying, yeah. but he just but he just looks lost. Um, but, but again, that's another criticism that I'd have of Allardyce is that once Carroll was injured and he didn't have a backup striker, he just didn't know what to do with that formation. Mm. And we kind of lost about three months of the season while Allardyce, you know, yeah, j- just sure. lost his way. Yeah. So in answer to your question, I'd probably stick with Allardyce now, but yeah. only by default, because right. I don't think it would help to get somebody in. I can't think of who would come in now and make things better. Yeah. So I, I, I Let me just throw a quick name at you. Harry Redknapp. No. <laughs> 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 shit that's a shame 
<laughs> I think that I totally what you agree. can't see is Chris is dressed as Harry Redknapp <laughs> in, in tribute to his favourite person in the world and he's just, he's just brandishing his like, 12 copies of his autobiography do you know what right I play about every fucking week but I was watching uh, some Palo de Canio clips on YouTube today and you, I was watching like your, Vivian Foe and Trevor Sinclair and all these players he signed like good players we had a good fucking team with him why do you hate him so much? We know. We know why. Just we don't right, need to right, get into it. Alright, it, it. Right, it was a bit bent, but fucking hell. Mets away. I say every week, Mets away, man. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about uh, names on the back of shirts for a little bit, shall we? So, we, we, we this kicked off on Twitter this week. We were just talking about some of the shocking names on the players' shirts. So, my first ever one was Martin Allen. Followed that up with Julian Dix. Uh, speaking of Julian Dix... We really want him to come on the show. And if you're a listener to this, and if you're on Twitter, and if you know Julian Dix, tweet him. Tell him to come on. Because he ignores us. Because he ignores us. <laughs> right? So if we, get, if we can get a movement going, we know, we've seen the figures. We know, we know there's many, many thousands of you who listen to this. A movement. We need a, a movement, right? In fact, we've never asked you to do anything. We do this podcast and nothing. We don't have any sponsors. There's no adverts in it. It's completely free. We've never asked you to do anything. We're, we're going to make one request. This is the only request we'll make. Send us £10 in it. <laughs> Just tweet Julian Dix on our behalf and say, Julian, do the Knees at Mother Brown podcast and speak to... And we want to get some stories out of him. He's a legend. We've had no trouble with it, like... No anyone trouble else? with anyone else. Everyone, you've listened to this podcast. We get, like, we've had Brand on, we've had David Gold on, we had Trevor Brookie. Alan Devonshire. Billy Bonds, who didn't do an interview for 20 years. We got him on. Yeah. Julian Dix won't get back to us. <laughs> the only one. We've Dixie, had, call me. Stuart Slater texted him and again. We haven't had him on yet. We had Dean Ashton texting tonight. Yep. He's like, I'll get him on. He's like, club legend Julian Dix won't even get us not even a text back. Not even a tweet. Not even a tweet. And he, he, he's speaking to Frank McAvenny going, oh, great interview you did on the Knees of Mother Brown podcast. What about yourself, Julian? <laughs> we've never, right, so we've never asked <laughs> anything of you as a, listener, as a listener. He's one of my favourite players. He's got a second player I've had on the shirt, Julian Dix. Yeah, well, I had Dix on the back of my shirt. Neil, do you have Dix on the back of your shirt? I had Trevor Morley. Uh, that's uh, close. That's <laughs> close. Get Morley on. <laughs> don't want, we don't want Morley on. Then <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got Julian Dix. Come on. Right. Final play. We've never asked anything of you, but if you're on Twitter or if you see Julian Dix <laughs> have around. You've been on the toilet, Doc. No. I'm just. Off, off your face. Just. If you're on Twitter. Can you just tweet Julian Dixon and say, Julian, do the Knees Up Mother Brown podcast with these guys. Or Chris will have It'll a heart take attack. 15 minutes of your time. Just, oh, just text them back. Oh, I think they've got it. Right? People have turned off. <laughs> Fine. Back to the shirt names on shirts. We also want you to know what you had on the back of your shirt. So I had Julian Dix, Robbie Slater, Steve Lomas, number 11, Mental, Ian Wright, uh, and Decanio, Neil. Some of the names you've had on your back of shirt. So we've done Morley. It was only it was only ever Morley. I had Morley <laughs> in the early nineties, and yeah. then people made fun of me uh, <laughs> because did. of this unfounded rumor about his sexuality. <laughs> so I, ne- I never got one done after that. Really? <laughs> that was it. I was done after that. Well, I'm not sure you weren't the first man to have Morley all over your back. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. That's probably why I won't come on. There's another one. Another one on the list of guests who won't come on now. Um, so you only ever had Morley, right? And you just never. 
Well, it's it's generally a bad idea, isn't it? Because they don't they don't tend to hang around a lot. So no, like yeah. Defoe went it's to like Tottenham, Carrick yeah. went to Tottenham, Lampard went to Chelsea, yeah. Cole went to Chelsea, Pinto so, yeah. went to Tottenham. So I think you know it's, it's yeah. So we had Jonathan McManus uh, got in touch with us. To say, he shared some of the names he'd had on the back of his shirt. He said <laughs> Defoe, Carrick, Lampard, Cole, Canute, and more. I always think it's a bit weird when people get more put in the back of their shirt. I mean, obviously he's a legend. One zero, but he never had more. <laughs> he never had the word more. On his back and stick with six if you want to like pay tribute. Um, and so he uh, and Jonathan McManus said he was getting Noble or Andy Carroll on over the weekend, but I don't James. I would never get a player's name on my shirt now. Uh, no, I wouldn't get any name on my shirt. No, now. I had why well, the only one I ever had was Dick's actually. Although I did, uh, an ex girlfriend of mine bought me a West Ham shirt and put her name on the back. What the fuck? Yeah. What, you, what the fuck? I know. She put her name, well, her first name. Yeah, her first name on the back of my shirt. What the fuck? What number? See, her, her, surname, was, her surname was <laughs> Dino. So if she put Dino, I could have got away pretending it was Ashton. <laughs> but just years before he played for yeah, us. But she put, uh, yeah, Sam. She put fucking her name on yeah. her. It's cheeky. What the fuck is that? I've never heard anything like that. No, she did it as a joke. She, it was oh, right. a sarcastic manner. It. Yeah, <laughs> did so you I, wear that I, shirt? I, I spooled it out and put my current girlfriend's name on it. <laughs> did you <laughs> wear? Did you wear that shirt after you split up? No, I haven't really worn it since. Actually, is it? You still got it? Yeah, I keep all my shirts. What is it? And what is the missing I've got thing? Drawer of shirts, <laughs> like a Aladdin's cave. I open everything and just stare into the shirts. Uh, have you got Neil? Have you got any vintage shirts? Have you got any old vintage ones? Um, when you say vintage, like Avco, I'm thinking '86 Avco or '92 away. That white and blue number. I've got that one actually. Have you? Yeah, I've got the ninety. I've got the ninety-two away, which yeah. obviously doesn't fit me. Yeah. So I've since gone and so I've still got the one that doesn't fit me that I wore when I was about ten. Right. But I've since also gone on and bought uh, an adults one because that is such a <laughs> yeah. quality Special. quality shirt. D- did you buy like the replica one that's been recently made, or did you buy the the original one off eBay that's been knocking around since nineteen eighty six? Original one wow. off of some. Football shirt website. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your uh, biggest vintage number? Why well, I, I had that. My I've got loads of shots of me as a kid in that away Avco one, but I can't. I can't find it. Well, what, what do you mean as a kid? It wouldn't fit you now. No, but I still it, just having it was my favourite. Like opening, we've just spoken about this before, but yeah. opening a football shirt was the best feeling in the world at Christmas. Yeah, I remember having that. Until Dino everywhere. Till Dino ruined it. But I've, I'd love that Trevor Brooking one. What is it from 90? Is that 81? That kind of dark claret and blue one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a beauty. That is I love that, but it's quite expensive. I did look that up, actually. Um, names you've had on the back of shirts. Just that, Dixie and Just Sam. Just Dixie. Just Dixie. <laughs> Dixie who? Sam, this... if I wore Sam now, I'd think it's Allardyce. I'd <laughs> <laughs> go, look at that man, fucking guy. I'd get bottled. <laughs> Why's he got Allardyce's name on his back? Um, I need a good player called Sam so I can start wearing yeah. it. We'd really like you to see if you could tweet some pictures, tweets to kmb.com, some pictures of like the most, the weirdest names you've had on shirts. There's a bit of a conversation around this, so we've got some some already. Gary Plum got in touch to say his worst one was having Lampard on that beautiful blue feeder kit just two weeks before he left. Hashtag kit fail. What a shame to yeah. get a player and then uh, and then have him immediately leave. Andy Robinson, my shirt name have been the death knell of players Diamante Parker Hitzelsberger Bulldog now Joe Cole uh, Andy is of course editor of Computer and Video Games magazine so you know more West Ham fans controlling the media yeah. like puppets um, Iron's Views nearly got Petrich yeah he said he said he nearly got it he, got, <laughs> he swerved it that'd be I'd, funny I'd love to have seen Liam Spencer wearing a pe- Petrich yeah. so, that'd be a collector's item yeah um, he also got he's also had Harewood 
green. So that means he had a goalkeeper kit. Or did he get green on a normal on an outfit? Liam, you had a goalkeeper kit with the name on the back. I always when I see people with goalkeepers kits, you're like, what? There was a green man. There, <laughs> was, a, a little there bit. was a grown man. I swear to God, this guy mid thirties outside the Queen's pub as you walk past the station, wearing the like David yes. James oh, away like the, so the home goalkeeper's kit. And he had the sleeves pulled up, and he had the Premier League badges on as well. And he had gloves on. <laughs> and he was David James. It was David James. <laughs> Why would you people who wear gold buy goalkeepers kids are just fucking? I know. Mad. As a kid, you can get. Just I think you can get away with it. Or if you plan go, maybe plan golf for five side team. I think that's acceptable. Yeah, but yeah, I would never wear it. In, so I wouldn't even wear it at the gym. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't wear it out in public. Unless you, yeah, there's very, very small set of circumstances you can wear a goalkeeper's kit. Yeah. As a grown man, that 35 year old outside the Queens. But if I see you again, I'm gonna have a word. Um, uh, he would beat you up. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, goalkeeper's quite hard, isn't it? Uh, he would destroy you. Liam Spencer's also had Matt Taylor and Andy Carroll. Yeah. So yes, up to date. Good, good set there. If you've had any weird young, names, if you've young, had any na- weird names on the back of your shirt, yeah, tweet them to kumb.com or you know just email them and we'll uh, we'll have a good look. I remember seeing one guy who had a boo with about 50 O's on. Yeah. That must have cost a few quid. Or there's the um, I Eat Spurs, oh, the classic. I don't like that. What's your view on <laughs> no, that, Neil? It's not good. It's, it's, it's not good. He's trying to be clever and yeah. failing. There's one I saw recently, someone had put, uh, deli- I think I think it was like West, uh, Spurs Neil West Ham Free had had that put on the back of the shirt. No, I hope there'll be better days than that. Yeah. I know, you don't want to milk that one too much. I know. You? Even, <laughs> I said as soon as we, we, we won that game, I was like, I, I tweeted the club, anytime I tweeted the club, to say, please don't release this on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always embarrassing. And they obviously took it the, yeah. the opposite way and thought, oh, that's a good idea. And then they, oh, yeah, they have released it. Really yeah. Talking of that's releases, so. the big news. What's the big news? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, we've already <laughs> dropped it about the, what the onesie news. They're back in stock. So, who got the email about the onesies, Neil? Did you see that? Is it Raz Van Rat? Pictured. Yeah. It's literally Raz Van back is, in stock. Raz Van Rat is, in my eyes, he's just wandering around, <laughs> and every now and again, there'll be a bit of shit merchandise. They'll go, that'll do it. Right, we've got yeah. this really good right, thing mate, he's yeah. imposing. Yeah. Ravel's like, I'm not fucking posing yeah. the onesie. Carl, I'm, I'm not posing I'm, I'm in the Santa hat, mate, but I'm not doing the onesie. <laughs> Get right. And you can imagine everyone going, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing the onesie, I'm not a dickhead. And then Rat's like, oh, did a onesie! <laughs> and says, Rat has had a succession of brilliant pictures, if nothing else this season. Exactly. Succession of brilliant pictures. Yeah. His Christmas uh, pictures were amazing, still worth yeah. checking out if you can find them. And the onesie. Is he on a two-year deal or is he just one year? Because I hope we get another Christmas out of him. I don't know. I'm, I, my Christmas just won't be the same without seeing him wearing the tat. Well, I can't wait for summer speedos. <laughs> yeah. Or it'll be some kind of relegation-themed uh, outfit. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so is back in stock. Good news there. Yep. That yeah, was, Amanda, that was, Amanda, didn't Amanda, that, Amanda was that email Gold. just after the Newcastle? Wasn't that a West Ham? Didn't the Mer- West Ham merchandise and release that after we'd lost okay, the Newcastle? I mean, I mean, what was that conversation like? What? Oh, right, we've got to send a, a market email out. What should we go with? Oh, well, the onesies are just back in stock. Wait, get I mean, rat, first someone get right on the phone. On. Get rat. <laughs> Rat's already here. What is in one? Firstly, he was delivering them. Who has bought the onesies so that they've gone out of stock? <laughs> they've obviously sold so many onesies, they're sold out. <laughs> who's bought the onesies? Who's, who's buying these onesies? It's for the same, out there, for the same clowns the as the goalkeeper kit. Same I mean, people. But Do you know what, actually, the more we talk about it, the more I actually want one. 
We said if you'd won more onesie to the match, that'd be proper funny. Well, yeah. But then they'd be out of stock again, and we'd get up being myself back in stock. It's a vicious onesie circle. It's a circle of life. It's a snake eating itself. Rat in a fucking onesie outfit. So that's not all bad. The onesies are back in stock. Happy fucking days. All right, well, now let's, uh, on the knees of the Brown West Ham podcast, put our fingers on the pulse of popular opinion by delving into the forum, speaking to a moderator, and trying to gauge how people are feeling about West Ham at the moment. And who better to, to gauge that opinion for us than Bristol Hammer? Welcome to your debut. Welcome to you, guys. It's very nice to be on. I'm not sure popular as he uh, tends to associate himself quite all the time. So. <laughs> um so, I mean, what's the mood like in the forum, Bristol Hammer, at the moment? How are, how are people doing? I mean, the, the anti-Sam stuff seems to have gone away a little bit, would you agree? Yeah, I think it's helped live in the game of the weekend. Um, uh, I, I think, really, what the, it, we always said that the, uh, the forum is a bit like a pub. I think at the moment, though, it's turned into a bit of a playground at times, and uh, you've kind of got places like West Ham out running around putting everyone's hair. Hmm. Um, so, so, I mean, what's the big news? What's the big news on the forum at the moment? I know we got maybe he got some signing news. Yeah, I mean, there's a few big, the two big signings we made. Obviously, the Italians have gone down pretty well with people. Um, mm. I think yeah, at the moment there's a bit of a, a revisionism around some of our ex-youth players and people uh, bigger them up to be a lot better than they, all, they were at the time. I mean, I remember a lot of them. Um, but of course, with um, with some of the posters on there talking about players from years ago and uh, certain Jimmy Butler, I seeing an example when uh, the boss quite rightly said on there that he's still winning the reserves he's awful when he flex. <laughs> um, and I mean what's the what's what's your opinion Bristol Hammer we've been talking about relegation tonight and the, p- the potential for it how are you feeling about our chances of survival? Well I think we've got everything in place to avoid it I think it's all about confidence I've, I've always felt that football's won in between years as much as on your feet you know and um I think we've got a good guy and a manager who understands the game. I think that's half the battle. I, I agree with all those that go week in, week out, and I think they've got every entitlement to say that, that what they're watching is, you know, not to their liking. They pay the money. But I think really, from uh, a uh, survival point of view, I think all the tools are there. It's just whether or not they all click together. Hmm. So I presume from what you just kind of touched upon there that you're still in favour of Big Sam. Yeah, I am. I mean, I think that I think the love affair will end at the end of the season. I think that that's probably the right time. But I think for now, I, I just don't understand people that say, you know, we, we chop and change right now. I think if you look at the clubs, even Sunderland, they've had a bit of a purple patch, but I don't think it lasts. It's just mm. kind of a flash in the pan thing. Get a bit of confidence for a couple of games, and then it all dies back to what it was before. Mm. True. Um, we've just been having a chat in the studio here about names we've had on the back of West Ham shirts down the years. Have you ever been guilty of having a name put on the back of your West Ham shirt? <laughs> yeah, only my own, actually. For my 40th birthday, the uh, wife and kids <laughs> bought me a shirt with my own name on it. Oh, it's nice. the closest I've ever got to um, being in a West Ham shirt. So. <laughs> I presume the number was 40 you got on the back of the shirt as well. It was indeed, yeah. And uh, we were just saying as well, there's been a new marketing email this week. It turns out the onesies, the West Ham onesies are back in stock. Um, have you been guilty of purchasing one yourself? Uh, no, I don't think that's a pretty picture. I'm glad it's, um, I'm glad it's not visual as well as we're talking, because you can imagine in a onesie, I'll tell you, it's not a very handsome sight. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we just relieve her back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, fantastic, Bristol Hammer. Thank you very much for your time. Great to chat. No worries. Thanks, boss. Cheers. Okay, that was Bristol Hammer, moderator on the Leeds and Mother Brown Forum. Neil, it is predictions o'clock. So, 
before the next episode comes on, we have got Chelsea away tomorrow night, and then we've got Swansea at home at the lunchtime kickoff. What's going to happen in those games, Neil? I don't think we're going to beat Chelsea. Yeah. And I'd be lying if I said I thought we were going to beat Swansea either. Really fucking hell. Sorry, guys. You're sensible as well. That fucking depresses me. <laughs> oh, Mate, the onesies shit. are back in stock. Oh, fucking you know? hell. I don't want to get championship badges putting them, put on my ones in next year. <laughs> Um, James, what you think? There'll be a dis- the good news is if we do go down, there'll be a discount on that. Oh, ones. good. Oh, well, it's all right then, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> Fuck it. That'll be in the cell. <laughs> I'm taking my jeans off right now. But then it'll be a summer. It'll be too hot for a onesie. <laughs> um, I'm going to... Well, Chelsea's obviously... We're not going to get anything there. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm going to go for draw at Chelsea. Just because we're due a big game and we're due a Mate, fight. And you fun. never know. Don't no, I'm going to say a draw. Why not? Why not? Because it's fucking Chelsea away. I know, they did destroy uh, Man U, didn't they? But I don't care. <laughs> I think we're going to get right. a draw. Well, I would fucking love it. And then I'm going to say, uh, we're going to beat Swansea. We're going to beat Swansea. Yeah, and we're on a roll. I mean... We've got no... After after this next few weeks, we've got no more excuses. Allardyce has got the team he wanted back. Winston's uh, almost back. They'd say maybe on the bench tomorrow. Yeah. Night, right? So I'm going to go... I'm going to go four points. Living the dream. Right, okay. So, I mean... <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't think Swansea. Swansea play. Swansea playing tomorrow night. I they're don't, playing tonight. I think they're playing Why tonight. They Hang on, just bear with us while we check this list. Swansea, no, yeah, okay. So Swansea are playing for them tonight. Okay. If I'm hoping. That's so a draw. at the moment, if we were to beat, uh, if we were to beat Swansea, we'd be on the same points as them. Yeah. Look, we're two. The good news is we're two wins away from tenth. That's yeah. really good news because we could be cut adrift at this stage. Yeah. We've got to keep positive. We've for been that. in worse situations than this. Here we have. And it's a massive February, as we know. And yeah. I'm optimistic that with our team, we're going to start picking some points up. I don't even really want to say this, but I think we're going to beat Chelsea, uh, Swansea. I just think we have to. We have to. This is this is it now. We're this is we're getting close to the last rolls of the dice. Yeah. Uh, Swansea on the on a downward spiral. Down. Yeah. So brilliant. Neil, thank you very much for joining us and making your debut. It's been a pleasure. You've got a very sensible beard too. I'm just thinking about just thinking about that now. Thank you very much. Yeah. In all departments, it's very sensible. Yeah, and now we know what you look like, so we can abuse you. Like, <laughs> yeah, your, but, your, but, your anonymity but, is gone. Please do, yeah, please do. Fuck actually, you on West Ham actually, and your views. We do, we do, we do the studio shot. You, do we need to blow your face? Let's <laughs> have this should, conversation no, on air. We can put his Twitter face or, over his face. Do you want us to do that? So no one is situation. Or would you like your face on these up on the ground? Uh, um, no, I can handle having my face. Yeah. yeah. All you need oh to, god. All you need to know is that Chris's face will be really close to the camera, <laughs> and we'll be behind him a bit. I'm gonna go for it this week. I'm gonna go really close to the camera. Uh, Neil, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Neil on Twitter. Uh, is it on West Ham? Correct. Is it Neil on West Ham or just on West Ham? Uh, at on West Ham. At, at on West Ham. And uh, your blog. Oh uh, yeah, of course we haven't plugged it yet. Your blog. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, you can, it's fine. I'm trying to think of what the URL is. Um, right, Mr. Well, Charles. <laughs> get on Twitter and he'll tweet you. Do I need to uh, look, look up live on air? Live? Oh. This is so exciting. <laughs> on West Ham, let's find out the URL of your own blog. Oh, God. Uh, oh, it's just on onwesthamblogspot.com. I should have been able to get that, really, yeah. shouldn't I? Yeah. Okay. God, you've got 1,623 followers. And even more after this. I know, even more after this. Genuinely, one of my favourite people to uh, read on Twitter. Genuinely. Thank you very much. Um, So, yeah, follow Neil on Twitter, at OnWestHam, and read his blog at onwesthamblogspot.com. James, thank you very much for joining us again. Pleasure. Um, Been delightful. (laughs) 
Um, you can follow James on Long as One, myself, Chris. You can follow it on CJ Skull, that's Skull the Seat on Twitter. Graham Howlett is on Twitter at K U M B D O T C O M. He's also got this website called Knees Up Mother Brown, in which there's a forum in which you can join in with all the chat there. The forum typically goes down when we play bad. Um, there's also the, the Knees Up Mother Brown Facebook group. But the one thing you have to take away from the show, I'm going to say it again. Julian Dix, right? Just we've never asked anything of you as a listener. We're never we're asking for this one favour. Just tweet Julian Dix, or if you see him in the street, just say, "Do an interview with Knees Up Mother Brown." We really think you should do it. We want to hear from you. That's the one thing we're. I remember MTV US when I was working MTV did a uh, appeal to get Brad Pitt on TRL. They had a live show for TRL. They did uh, to get Brad Pitt on. We could probably get Brad Pitt. It's easier than Dixie. Pick and Bobby call in. Dixie. Billy Bonds doesn't do an interview for 20 years. He comes on here to do one. Julian Dix was on Five Live. He's on Five Live every time we lose. But he won't do one for us. Come on. Come, come on, on Br- Brad Pitt. Pitt. Brad Pitt. Pitt's on Pitt's next week. Pitt. Pitt's on next week. But we'll kick him out for you, Dixie. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. And come on. Uh, g- good result against Chelsea and Swansea. Come on. Do this. Come on, your Come on, your